Well, good evening. Welcome. Did you hear that? My name is Jeff Hare. Glad you're with us. Saturday night. Tells you what kind of life I have, right? Sitting around here doing podcasts on a Saturday night, right? <laughs> oh, yes. All right. I enjoy it more than anything, actually. I think if you give them a choice between this or going somewhere and dancing and partying and doing whatever, I think I'll choose this. But uh, anyway, glad you're here. Kind of a warm day today. It's going to be warm all week. Oh, well, what can you do? Not a whole lot, I guess. You know, what do they say? Ooh, what do we got there? There. Okay, let's turn that on. I didn't mean that. Omar, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought, too. Okay, so some time ago, I was telling you about my radio days when I worked at WXYT in Detroit. I didn't tell you how all that ended, so I think tonight, uh, just for fun, we'll talk a little bit about that. It was a it was a good time, as I told you before. I worked at XYT. I uh, was the fourth newsman at the station there, which meant I was the youngest guy. And what would happen basically is three other guys would have to refuse the story before it'd get to me. And then I didn't have a choice. I have to go out and cover it. Now that may sound worse than it actually was. I really got to cover some great things. Uh, I got to interview Liz Taylor and George Burns before they died. Right? <laughs> of course, before they died, but they got to interview Liz Taylor and George Burns. Both of them were uh, towards the end of their life, but uh, it was fascinating talking to them both of them at the time. Uh, I also got to cover a rally at Cobo Hall with Arkansas governor, who later became president, Bill Clinton. At the time, nobody knew who Bill Clinton was. Uh, what had happened was, is that that same day in Detroit, George Bush was in town and Ross Perot was in town. And I don't know what happened to the other reporter, but the first guy comes in and says he wants George Bush. He's the president of the United States. And he wants to go see him. Second guy come in and said he wanted to do Ross Perot. No one at the time really realized what Clinton was all about. So. I came to work. They said, you're going to go see Bill Clinton at Cobo. Give us 30 seconds and give us five different stories and all that kind of thing. So, all right, no problem. What was fascinating about that to me was is I got to also shake hands with Rosa Parks, the civil rights pioneer. She happened to be speaking at that event uh, prior to Clinton getting up. And it was nice to be able to just, I mean, it was just an awe, basically, seeing her on the stage. And she came down and shook hands in the press row, which is nice. Of course, I cut my teeth where I made my real thing was the Detroit teacher strike. I did a lot of work on that. Uh, it was a real big deal in Detroit at the time. It'd be a big deal anywhere. A teacher strike goes on, but this had stretched on for a long time, and it got real nasty and acrimonious, and it got <laughs> it was something else. And I covered that. I was nominated for an award for my work I did there, which is nice. But hey, it was uh, it was great. I enjoyed every minute of it. The whole time I was working there, though, there was kind of an underlying feeling that something was going on and something was going on. This is the early 90s now. A man by the name of Howard Stern. You may have heard of Howard Stern. Howard was making his move in radio. He was starting to really put together a big-time network, and he was getting in cities all over the country except one, Detroit. Now, Howard was from Detroit. He started in Detroit. He burned a lot of bridges in Detroit, and a lot of people weren't real anxious to put him back on the air there. And so he gets into about every city in the country except his hometown, and it was causing some problems. So his production company come up with an idea that, hey, let's buy a radio station and put us in. Well, our station happened to be for sale, and that's what the big rumor around town was. Now, whether or not it was true or not, I don't know. I wasn't party to those. I just know that that's what everyone is talking about is Howard Stern is going to buy WXYT. He's going to put himself on the air, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, I mean, who knows, right? You hear that kind of stuff all the time. I do know this. There was a lot of people putting resumes together in the in the uh, in the studio and the stations uh, 
in all departments in the sales department and the on-air department everybody was just thinking it was it was the end i get called into the news director's office she was a, a great lady by the name of lisa berry she was absolutely superb she taught me everything uh, about radio and about uh, what big market radio is and how you really go out and get a good story uh, the lady could smell a news story out a mile away i tell you that she, if there's a new story out there she would get it and she would get to the bottom of it and it really worked well so when i'd come into work in the morning she'd bring me in the office and say okay this is what you're going to cover today she talked to all the reporters each individually this is what we need i'm going to give you this story i need a, i need 30 seconds at noon i need 30 seconds for one i need 30 seconds for five i need 30 seconds for tomorrow there's also a sister station we own that was in the basement of the facility so we had to do something for them too and she would tell you exactly what i want i want five different stories one for each hour this is what we're looking for this is what i have to have and also give you hints about how to go about doing it now you can talk to this person or you can talk to that person or whatever and uh, it, it really worked well so i came to work and she said okay jeff I need to see you i'm very good and i'm going to get my assignment for the day and i sit down and says what's on your mind and she says well i got a bad news i'm gonna have to let you go i said excuse me and she says well what is, what's happening is is that there's rumors of a sale and there's some negotiations going on and um we are going to have to, you know, most likely we're going to have to be downsizing the news department to the end, to the point where it's over, you know, where there's no news department that whoever buys the station is going to bring their own in, which is typical in radio. And I says, well, okay, I guess. And she said, well, it's not bad for you though. She goes, the reason we're doing you today is I got a call from a friend of mine at a station in Ann Arbor. His name is Tom Tolan. He's a news director there. He's expecting your phone call. He's hired you or wants to hire you to go to work with them. You're going to do basically the same thing, just out of a different place. I mean, Ann Arbor and Detroit is 25 miles apart, or give or take. It's close. All freeway. It's an easy drive. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and you'll be doing basically the same thing you are now, just for them. And I said, well, that's great. She said, so I walked in the bullpen there, and I picked up the phone and called this guy Tolan, right? And I says, Mr. Tolan, my name is Jeff Heron. He said, I know who you are. Look, I need you to cover this event. you got to be there in two hours. Be prepared to go on live. Call me when you get there at this number. Okay, this is what we need. I mean, I, I can't remember what the event was, but <laughs> you just get over there. You're going to be on live and get your stuff together. And by the way, do you need a tape recorder? You know, if you do, you better come in the studio and pick one up, but you got to leave right now. We got to get this on. And uh, so, okay, well, no, I don't need a tape recorder. I had my own that I had, and I brought it with me everywhere. I loved my own tape recorder, by the way. It was just part of me, and I knew how to play with it and how to make it work and all that kind of stuff. And so I had my own and I went out and covered the story for him. And it's funny because I start the morning in WXYT Detroit by, you know, 11 o'clock noon, whatever it is, I'm on the air live for WPZA in Ann Arbor. And by that evening, I'm anchoring their five and six o'clock news. Cause when I got done, he called me up and says, okay, great. Everything sounded perfect. Hey, what are you doing tonight? Excuse me. Yeah. I need an anchor man for five and six. Can you come in and do it Four, five and six? Yeah. So yeah, I can come in. So I went, Ended up, wrote a bunch of news and <laughs> went on the air, did four, five, and six for him. And uh, actually, I had worked for this man for, oh, maybe two or two or three months before we even met. I mean, he would just leave the paycheck. He would say, I got a paycheck for you. Boom, leave it. I didn't even know how much I made for a long time. I think finally one day I went in, he called me one day and says, hey, I need to really meet you. We probably should get this done. Everyone's kind of wondering who you are. So I drove over and introduced myself and we had a nice chat. We worked together very, very well for a long time. Uh, but <laughs> I think that's when I found out how much money I was making. It was like three months into my, my tenure there, but it was a good little job, a good station. I got to do a lot of stuff there. You know, it's funny because I'd come in and I'd be able to go out and report. I was primarily the news department. Now he had hired 
a, a young lady, a young girl who to come in and do news in that afternoon slot that four, five, and six. I say young, she was in her early twenties, maybe 20, 21 years old, nice girl. And she would just pretty much read the news. And I had the choice if I wanted to do it, I could just say, Hey, I want to do it. And I would do it. Or I would just go out there and just do what I wanted to do. Go out there and get stories. And he left me alone, completely autonomous, go out there and just get me news, keep the newscast full. And I loved it, man. I tell you what, I was running all over Detroit and Ann Arbor and just scaring up stories and he would give me ideas or he would get information to come in. Hey, we got a press conference over here. Get over there and give me this and all this and that. And it really worked well. I had a great, great relationship there. And then if I wanted to do some anchoring, I would, or come in weekends. I do that every once in a while weekend. If I got a free night or free evening, I'd go in and do a couple hours of news, which I enjoy doing. It's just fun to sit down and, you know, out for the news and read some stuff or put some stuff together for him. I learned the value of a gold Rolodex. <laughs> That's what I called it anyway. Uh, and it, yeah, I didn't really, you know, when I was in Detroit, they had all that. But when I got to Ann Arbor, uh, I had to go out and create my own. And that was a case where if I needed a quote or needed uh, to talk to somebody about something or figure out what was going on, I had people to go to and uh, put together a Rolodex that was uh, fairly valuable to a lot of people. Someone said, we need a story here. Boom, boom, yep, there's another. Here, call this guy here and tell him, you know, this. It all worked out great. And, it was absolutely superb. Worked out absolutely a beautiful, beautiful position, beautiful job. I worked it out for a long while. And then one day, Tom calls me up, and he sounds like he's a little distraught. I need to see you. Well, I kind of knew something was going to go on. Anytime they get like that, then you know you're in trouble. So I walked in, and I said, what can I do for you, Tom? And he says, well, we've been sold to a Christian station, and you and I are out. Excuse me? Yeah, they're going to get rid of the news department. They are keeping the young girl to read the the afternoon newscast all she's going to just read and they like they kept her because she was like minimum wage and he and i wasn't but uh <laughs> you know it, it ended nice i got i think i got another two weeks i think they gave us a two-week uh notice that it was going to happen and i remember going covering some council meetings i used to cover a lot of city council meetings and and uh board of commissioner type stuff and getting a standing ovation someone gave me a plaque and all this and that and it, it was a little disappointing that it ended, but I, you know, you kind of knew it was going to happen. So, I mean, sooner or later, that's just the nature of the radio and just the nature of the beast and what happens. So at the end, what ended up happening? Well, WXYT did not get sold to Howard Stern. And the rumor was that they were negotiating, but there was some uh, litigation at some point. It came up about whatever, lawyers, how that goes. And the deal was made null and void. They are now a sports talk station in Detroit. Uh, they also do Detroit Tigers, the flagship for the Detroit Tigers baseball team, Michigan football, and they're doing real well. It's really come to be a, a big time, a, a great operation. Of course, it was the Lone Ranger Station. If you remember the story I told in the last podcast some time ago about how that was the first station in the country to ever do the Lone Ranger. They're doing it live right there in Detroit. Uh, but anyway, it's still around. It does sports. The station in Ann Arbor that went called Christian, that lasted a short time. They were sold three or four times and bounced around a bit. Uh, they also are a talk station in Ann Arbor and they run Detroit Tiger baseball and they get the feed from WXYT. So that relationship stayed there. Tom Tolan, I don't know whatever happened to him. He was my boss at X at the PZA. Um, I, I, I lost track of him. I, I heard that he went to the public radio station in Ann Arbor. And I also know that uh, Lisa Berry from WXYT also became the news director there at some time later. So he may have, she may have, succeeded him there or whatever i don't know but i know she's still there or she still works at a public station in that area 
And I don't know what happened to Tom. As far as the young girl, the 20, 21 year old, the funny thing about her was I was offered a job before I went to PZA when I was in my XYT days and it was in Rensselaer, Indiana. And I turned it down. I thought the guy was a clown. I mean, he was kind of an idiot. The guy interviewed me and he's, we're going to give me a job. And okay, what do you, what do you want me to do? Well, that's kind of up to you. And I'll listen to that and the other, well, what's it pay? Well, you know, and he started getting real flaky answers. And I, I walked away from it. And then they offered her the job and she walked away from it. And we used to always laugh about that when I'd come in and do stories at night. And she'd be in there just finishing up, you know, hers. And we talked about Rensselaer, Indiana. How, <laughs> you know, I said, you know, I had a chance to work there. She goes, so did I. She goes, uh, you turned her down. Yeah, I turned her down. It's funny. I, we put the time frame together and I guess I got the offer first. And I turned it down. Then she got a second. She turned it down. I don't ever know what happened to her. I don't even know if she's still in the business or not, but, uh, it is what it is. Detroit, Michigan is still standing there. And as far as me, well, I'm still out here in California, hanging out, doing my thing, playing pickleball and just living life large. On behalf of my producer, Russ Omar. My name is Jeff here. Thank you for tuning in to Did You Hear That? Now, tomorrow we will have a person of the week, as we do on Sundays. Yeah. We'll be back midweek. Have a good evening.